you know, there's not only one way something can work. And with a free market, that's the advantage of a free market. You get all of these different things that come into the market and then you have an emergent something that works better than all the rest that eventually this is the way we do it now because we've tried 10,000 different ways of doing it and this one worked best. Welcome to the Off-Grid Outpost podcast, where we discuss the journey to real liberty through self-sufficiency, counter-economics, non-aggression, and the agora. The Outpost represents the border between societal norm and the pioneer spirit. Every episode contains practical, philosophical, and technical information you can use to gain the freedom you deserve. Welcome, everyone, to the Off-Grid Outpost post podcast. I am Regina and I am here with Cyrus. Hello. And before I introduce our topic of the day, I just want to point you to the offgridoutpost.com. We have really cool free PDF downloads about agorism and cryptocurrency. We have written ebooks. We have an archive of all of our episodes. So head on over there and check it out. We think you'll like it. So today's episode is how to resolve disputes without government intervention. Right. Yeah, so a lot of... Yes, we can do this. That's right. On our own. We've all been, you know, raised in this society where the state has a monopoly on justice, right? And so it's hard for us to visualize anything other than that. And so most people don't even think that it's possible when you have discussions about what a free society would look like. People are, you know, well, what do you do with the bad guys? And what do you, you know, what if I have a problem with my neighbor and I can't call the police? Who do I call? And all of that, the different kinds of things. And yeah, who do I sue or how do I? If there are no state courts, most people, their first question would be, how do I even solve these kinds of problems because it's like no you most people wouldn't even know how to do it and so right you know first of all there's a lot there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me that have been thinking and talking about these kinds of issues for decades now and i'm not an expert but Mm -hmm. the basic premise of how these kinds of things would work is pretty simple so today I wanted to talk about just contract resolution, one of the one of the basic services of resolve. the state court. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so what is a con? Like, what do you mean contract resolution? What does that term mean? So two people have a contract between each other, and someone violates the contract, and now the issue needs to be resolved. And typically, we go to the courthouse to help us resolve that issue. Right. Exactly. Right. So. Okay. In my instance, I might be doing a large-scale remodel where I would have a contract. And there's always instances in business and relationships between people where one party thinks one thing is going to happen and another party thinks something else is going to happen. And there's a miscommunication there, you know, and so expectations aren't Mm -hmm. met. And it's usually just because of miscommunication, not usually because one of the two parties is... uh, a rotten asshole. And so that's what mm-hmm. contracts are for. The contract spells out, this is what is going to happen. And 
even with contracts, there's still sometimes a dispute. And today we would go to court and it's costly and it's time consuming, time consuming and uh, depends, boring, boring. And and there's so (laughs) many rules and procedures that have been put in place for attorneys that and a lot of those rules and procedures that are put in place in, for attorneys are put there by people with lots of influence so that if they ever have to go to court, they have the upper hand. And so, yep. the, so all the little issues have to go through all the same processes, even though it's totally not necessary. Right. And so what usually ends up happening is justice gets served to the person who can afford the best attorney as opposed to justice being served in just a fair manner. The other problem with a state-sanctioned system is if, if you only have one place to go to get your justice, that leaves the door wide open for that system to be corruptible. If I can bribe a judge, if I can, you know, it's easy to corrupt that kind of system because there are no choices in that system for how you get your justice. Yeah, we don't have any choice. We just have this one huge monopoly on our justice system that we have to adhere to. Right. That's a good point. Now, that would be interesting, a privatized justice system. I mean, how would that even look? It's Like you said, it's very hard to even envision an alternative justice system in an alternative court system. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't like your court, so I'm going to go to this other court that's cheaper and more fair. I mean, how would that even work? I guess it worked just like that. It would work basically just like that. And the good thing is we already have those systems in place to a degree. We've already mm-hmm. started down that road. There are private arbitrators now and mediation experts now that... uh If you've ever read the fine print on, say, your cell phone bill, most commercial contracts nowadays will have an arbitration clause where they're saying, look, if we ever if we ever have a dispute, we're going to arbitration. We're not going to court. We're going to get this solved in arbitration and companies like that because it's just cheaper. It's just a lot cheaper. And. Yep. So. This kind of system already works where there are, in a sense, private judges. The good thing about it is... Yeah, I guess so. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, arbitration is. Uh, yeah, it's a I never really judge. thought of it that way, but yeah, that makes sense. So, three systems that we have in place right now are mediation, arbitration, and dispute resolution boards. And they each have their advantages and disadvantages. So starting with mediation, the mediator, his job is just to try and get both parties to the table and try and get a consensus between the two parties. So he'll meet with both of them in private and listen to their uh, claims and <clears throat> kind of look at the situation from a third party non-biased position and try to bring the two parties together to a resolution. In mediation, like the mediator's word is not the final word. So if the mediator cannot get the people to agree, 
then you still have to go to court. But it's a very good, inexpensive mm-hmm. first step to the process of solving an issue. So basically, the court system sucks so bad that people created preemptive systems to try and keep out exactly. of court. That's exactly. Because they're so right. inefficient and expensive. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is... Yeah, that kind of tells you there's an issue there. It, yeah. It is like uh, statists without admitting that the state sucks, are trying to use agorism. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, yeah. We'll do anything to stay out of court. <laughs> right. But these systems are still kind of controlled by the state. Like, I think you have to get certified by the state to be a mediator or some shit like that. I'm not certain about it. but Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. Yeah. But then after mediation, you uh, the next step would be arbitration. And arbitration, the arbiter is, well, he is, he or she is a private judge. So the ruling that the oh, arbitrator comes up with, that's the final ruling. Like you have signed paperwork that says we're going to use arbitration and I'm waiving my right to go to the court system. So you can't go to the court system after that. And again... This, these have been developed within the state system. So I'm sure that uh, large companies with influence have built-in loopholes in that where they could go to court if they really wanted to. In a private system, you wouldn't have that. But they've built it into the current system that we have now, uh, I'm sure. But arbitration is just a private judge. And he will listen to deposition. Okay. He will look at evidence, uh, look at evidence that's presented to him and all those things, and then have a ruling. This is still much cheaper and quicker than a regular lawsuit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then beyond that, you also have dispute resolution boards, which is like a board of people who are experts in a particular field. So, for example, um, hmm. back to, let's say I have a large construction contract. And when I say large, let's say I'm building a school for uh, a county and there's a problem. The reason I would want a dispute resolution board as opposed to arbitration uh, is because the dispute resolution board will be, you know, like three to five people who are experts in construction the construction industry commercial construction and and uh, law and so it will be made up of several several people who can discuss it's almost like a jury right so you have yeah. you have more heads and it's more uh, specifically designed for your particular contract so and yeah that's all Quite fascinating. You know, I wonder how the court systems are doing with the coronavirus situation. I bet they're just, like, so backed up now. They're probably backed up to six months to a year from even seeing a judge. Probably. I don't know. Have you heard about anything like that? I haven't heard anything like that. But I would imagine there are certainly more lawsuits being being filed because of lockdown. I saw one statistic that said divorce has gone up quite a bit in the last six months. I don't remember the numbers. So it said that courts at every level 
have postponed or canceled proceedings in response to the Rona. The U.S. Supreme Court is building is still closed until further notice, but will remain open for official business purposes, with case filing deadlines remaining in place. That was announced November 16th, so pretty close to now. Mm-hmm. It's seen, uh, the American criminal justice system has seen a significant impact from the coronavirus. So it was already, the system was already clogged to begin with. It's always clogged. But yeah. now with all this, yeah, with the virus crisis, it's epically clogged. So all of those preemptive points you brought up, if you are really needing you know, the court system to do something for you, you should probably go with arbitration or dispute resolution mediation. Or you can just wait five years, you know, or forever (laughs) until the coronavirus clears up or, you know, get the vaccine, which there's no way in hell I'm getting the vaccine. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if they say to get into a courtroom, you have to be vaccinated. Oh, good grief. Yeah. And mm. this virus is just another accelerator for things that are good for agorism anyway. Just like before when we talked about alternative schooling and homeschooling and how it accelerated that process, mm-hmm. it's going to accelerate this process too. Because you're right, once exactly. once the courts do open back up, the backlog is just going to be huge. Oh, yeah. So So people will look for other means to solve problems. Well, and with mediation and arbitration, you can do all that stuff through, you know, remote practices from your computer. I don't know if they'll do a court system remotely. I guess they'll just kind of have to at some point. Yeah. If they're going to adhere to their own regulations. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting thought. Yeah. The main advantage to having private dispute resolution is choice. It's the free market. And so justice will be better served. Like, um, let's say I know law and I decide I'm going to open up my own private firm for dispute resolution. And so I'm going Mm -hmm. to contract with people. I'm going to go door to door with businesses and talk to them about, hey, listen, I'm starting my own private Uh, dispute resolution business and why don't you try me out put me in your contract you know and so a home builder specifically says in his contract if we have a problem if we have a dispute we're going to this company to solve the problem and then the customer signs that contract it becomes binding so now I've got a customer and I've got to build a customer base and what what would be what is one of the most important things in a truly free market is reputation. So it is in my best interest to be as fair as possible to both parties because I want Mm -hmm. them to say to their friends and family, I had a problem. I used this guy to get the problem solved. And you know what? He was really fair. It really turned out pretty good for both of us. Or, you know, I want to do my best to build my reputation in such a way that I will gain more customers. And if I am the kind of right. arbiter who will take a bribe, it'll get out really quick if probably I'm gonna not get, being fair. <laughs> probably going to get a know? bad reputation. Yeah. 
you're going to get a bad exactly. reputation because, you know, the only reason someone bribes you is because they know they need the advantage, which means they're probably in the wrong. And so the party who has been wronged is going to tell everybody, you know, we went to court. This is what happened. And it was totally unfair. And everybody around them will know that was totally unfair. And so nobody is going to use that guy. Exactly. And yeah, I just did a quick search for private dispute resolution for Tucson, which is my closest big city, about an hour away. And yeah. there's five places. And one place has a five-star review on Google. So, you know, you can search around and find places and call them and get rates and, su and such. So right. imagine if the court system was like that. You could do a search on Google for court systems and you get five exactly. different companies and you can read the reviews. Oh, this judge was fair or this judge was horrible. And you can choose your own court system. That'd be kind of cool. And with technology the way it is today, that is super easy. And will get even better yeah. over time. Right. And so as a private judge or arbiter or whatever I choose to call myself, those are just the names the system that we have now has used. I will do everything to make the process and the experience as good as possible for both parties. Yeah. You know, because both parties... Both parties are my customer, whereas with the system that we have now, the judge has no customer. Like, he doesn't have to right. please anyone. Well, certain judges get yeah. elected and, and uh, you know, so they have to please donors to their campaign. Yeah, yeah exactly. They have to please those people. It always so. comes back down to the money. Mm -hmm. But if it's private, you have to please the customer, so... In a, in a truly free market, the only concern of business in a truly free market is pleasing the consumer. Mm -hmm. So I think private, uh, I think private courts would be much better experience than what we have now. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting concept. Uh, what do you think about police intervention and quarrels? Cause a lot of people use a police to resolve their own personal quarrels with the neighbor or you know that kind of thing right well it's amazing what people call the police for it's insane actually yeah well there's uh we'll do a whole other episode on private security and private police and, and get oh, deeper yes, into okay. that but but as far as we can talk about what are the what do the police do anyway like when you call the police uh, with, and you have a quarrel with your neighbor or whoever. And most of the time, the police are not going to do anything over that little, little shit. You know, they're going to say that's a civil, that's a civil matter. You know, we can't do anything about that unless the other person has, unless they can find a reason to take somebody to jail because they were high or drunk or, you know, abusive or things like that. They're not going to do anything mm -hmm. anyway. So, I mean, my argument is right. that the police, the policing system, the security, you know, police is supposed to be security and they're, they don't do it. Like police do not no. make people secure. 
And so that's a, it's a terribly flawed, flawed system anyway. And it's the, and it's for the same reason that our court system is flawed. It's because it's, uh, they, they have, have no customer on it. Yeah. They have no consumer. Yeah. They have no customer. So they don't have to please anybody except their boss, you know? Yeah. The consumer is the government. And as long as government checks, you know, cause government's bankrolling them, as long as their bankroll keeps going. Mm hmm. They, all they have to do is please them, not the actual taxpayer who's paying for their paycheck, essentially. Yeah, they don't they don't care about the taxpayer whatsoever. I don't think so. Their job is not to make you more secure. Their job is to to punish you if you disobey laws that their overlords have written down on paper. Yeah, that totally sucks. <laughs> yeah. To serve the and protect the overlords, really. That's right. That's exactly right. So, Sheesh. And not all yeah, of them we are can... like that, but that's how the system is designed. We're not taking a jab at cops personally, but the system was designed to basically protect the government, not protect the people. Yeah, their job is to enforce statutes, mandates, and laws. And that's, uh, yeah, we're not, that's not a personal jab at any cop that's that's a jab at the system that they work within right you know and you you run across cops from time to time that sometimes it it looks like they really feel bad that they're having to do something to you that they don't really feel like they want to do but you know man i you know i don't make the laws i'm just doing my job yeah exactly they become apologetic for what they have to do you know if i'm to get back to the private court systems, if I know that a, a damaged reputation and unhappy consumers will put me out of business, then why would I do anything to risk that? I mean, it's like regular business now, you know, if... Yeah, exactly. If I'm a tree trimmer and... I'm not careful on my job. I know that if I drop a tree on somebody's house, I'm probably not going to be in business very long. If I <laughs> right. if I don't do a good job, you know, or something also as simple as as a handyman in my business. Uh, if I don't show up and give an estimate when I tell people I'm going to show up and give an estimate or if I don't show up on the job when I say I'm going to and if I don't do all the things that we've agreed to, I'm, they're not going to spread my name around and I'm going to eventually yeah, exactly. suffer. So, so why is it that we have to adhere to these best business practices, but then the entire court system, which is huge, is basically off the hook because there's no other option. Right. They have no consumer. So then you just end up with a really overpriced, shitty system that really doesn't serve people very well. Right. Unless you have a lot of money, then yeah. it serves you very well. Yeah, exactly. It always comes back down to the freaking money. Always. Mm -hmm. Well, are there any other points you would like to make about our crappy justice system? Well, <laughs> I, I would certainly say that if this, if you're interested in how a free society would function without government-sanctioned justice... There is a lot of information out there that you can dig into. And like I said at the beginning, people a lot smarter than me are 
out there talking about this. And so, yeah, you know, go out there and find that information because there's lots of different ideas of how it could work. There's, uh, you know, there's not only one way something can work. And with a free market, that's the advantage of a free market. You get all of right. these different things that come into the market and then you have an emergent something that works better than all the rest that eventually this is the way we do it now because we've tried 10,000 different ways of doing it and this one worked best. And so, you know, that, that would happen over decades, maybe centuries. Yeah. And yeah, I think most people don't even think about an alternative to the court systems. I know I had never even remotely thought about it until you brought it up to me and I'm like, Oh, well that's kind of an interesting, you know, mind opener. Because it's totally could happen. Yeah. All these things we're just so used to being ingrained with and raised with. That's right. And I've managed to stay out of the court system as well, so I probably don't think about it as much. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. I've not been real good at staying out of the court system, but the the <laughs> neat thing is we're already developing better systems. You know, just yeah. like just like homeschooling was a development of a better schooling system. And so Yeah, it's true. Uh especially now. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty cool episode on oh, what did we call it? Uh, the schooling episode. Is public schooling dead? Something like that? Or dying or Oh yes, something along those lines. Yeah, that's a fun one to interesting one to listen to. Mm-hmm. Kinda goes along with this topic really, of how we can live in a government-free world. Right. Well, and there's yeah. all of the things that government has claimed monopoly on, they can all be done in a free market. Yeah. All of them. It's just about expanding your mind to seeing how those concepts would work. Right. And I think it's also important for people to understand that, you know, we're human and we do stupid shit sometimes. Because we're human. Yep. And. More than sometimes. You're going to have humans that are just assholes. No matter what system there is. And so a lot of times when you talk to people about these ideas of alternative systems. They kind of want to question you and grill you about. Well, what about what if this and what if that and what if this. And you can always imagine scenarios in your head where something wouldn't be ideal but simply to yeah. say that a system isn't perfect is not a good reason to say we shouldn't try it like yeah. it could well, look at our system now it's horribly imperfect it's already imperfect right so why are you arguing on that anyway but yeah exactly that's a good point yeah if someone starts arguing with you about that <laughs> like well look at our system now how is that working for us right and Not great. A lot of times I'll answer people when I'm introducing the ideas of agorism and anarchy and stuff like that to people. And they'll say things like, well, what about this or that? And like for the roads, what about the roads? How would we yeah. do roads? The roads are the hugest one. Yeah. I, I will. I will sometimes just say, hell, I don't know. I don't know what we'd do about the roads. I'm not a road guy, but there's a lot of road people out there. They'd figure it out. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of privatized, you know, road companies that can handle the job, probably a lot more efficient and 
cheaper and better than the freaking government could. It, it's almost like sometimes people are saying in the back of their mind that government is this super smart thing, this all-knowing thing that knows the best way to handle these things. You know, in the back of their head, that's kind of, it's back there because it's kind of like drilled into Like an omnipresent. Into yeah. Yeah, and it's been drilled into yeah, them the for omnipresent, decades. omnipresent, omnipotent, end-all, be-all solution to everything. And it just defaults to them. You know, everything just defaults to the government. Oh, let the courts handle it. Oh, let the cops handle it. Oh, let the DOT handle it. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of just defaults to the government. But if there was no government, there could be much better systems in place. More efficient. Exactly. Cheaper. Better. Faster. Mm-hmm. Fairer. So... I think we'll do more of these episodes where we take one particular part of the government and kind of break it down and introduce new ideas of how something could be done. You know, maybe next time we'll do private security and how we could replace the police. Yeah, I'd like to kind of do an overarching episode of how we could live in a world without government. And then kind of like we did with the off-grid pillars, how we had that one overarching episode with all the topics and then we broke down each topic into individual like a series yeah okay i think that would be really cool yeah we can certainly do that cool well if you enjoyed this podcast please rate it on whatever platform you're listening on it helps us get found in the algorithms and you can always email us at cyrus at the com or regina at the com with your questions or commentary yeah love to hear from you We've got a great uh, newsletter circulating. It's uh, pretty much coincides with our weekly episodes. We embellish a little bit more upon our topics. So you can head on over to the website, theoffgridoutpost.com, and sign up for our newsletter. It's pretty nifty. Yeah. Comes out once a week on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. What a year it's been. Oh, my goodness. I think 2021 is going to be even more fun. Yeah. It's going to get crazy. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. get crazy crazy we get the it's gonna get crazy we're bo jiden is like piloting the plane bo jiden <laughs> bo jiden yeah gonna be running around in his freaking bathrobe in the white house lawn mm-hmm. <laughs> getting herded around by secret security <laughs> Yeah. I will never forget that. I have the mental image burned in my head from that <laughs> forever. <laughs> of the President of the United States in a bathrobe out in the Rose Garden with a ankle monitor because they got to keep track of him. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Secret Service quitting left and right because they can't handle the Bojaden anymore. <laughs> That visual is stuck in my head forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a couple, part one and two of our predictions for 2021. Mine are some things you wouldn't think of, so I have some interesting ones. Yeah, cool. That's going to be fun. We got we got that coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, until next time, folks. Talk to you later. Signing out. Here's a little teaser for what's coming next week. Compost piles do not stink, and if your compost pile is stinky, you are doing it wrong. Right. They actually smell good. 
They actually do smell good. Yeah, I think so. I like See, I'm not the only one. I thought maybe I was a freak. Well, maybe we both are, but I, it, it smells good to me. Thanks for listening to the Off Grid Outpost podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe so you can get all the new episodes.